Well, praise the Lord, Arizona. I tell you what, the Holy Ghost is here. I've already done several camps this year. I'm coming from one. Got up early this morning for something for, and God only knows, and flew here. And it seems as though you guys are starting where most other camps are ending. And um, there's something special going on here. Something wonderful. Such an honor to be here. And uh, hospitality is already incredible. There's scads of baskets in our room. There's a basket for each one of my boys. I love bringing my children because they get all kinds of toys and I get to play with them all week long. And uh, that was my first lame joke. There's going to be a lot more, okay? But thank you for your hospitality. I honor your youth president and secretary. And as he said, we don't know each other too well, but we have a lot of mutual friends and we've talked on the phone and it's just been wonderful. And I feel the Holy Ghost on him and a sincere desire to have a move of God. And so we're already buddies. Hallelujah. And uh, give honor to the district superintendent. I'm sorry I don't know the names yet, but I probably will after tonight. But in the secretary, God bless all of you in Jesus' name. It's such an honor to have my wife with me. She's all cute sitting back there. Glory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love her so much. My boys are at home. They're recuperating their brains, and hopefully they'll be normal humans tomorrow. Praise God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Let's stand for the reading of the word. If you could turn me up in these monitors, that would be fantastic. First Thessalonians 5, 23. I see a lot of people with Bibles. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. If you got it, say amen. And the very God of peace, thank you, that's perfect. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit, everybody say spirit, and soul, everybody say soul, and body, everybody say body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12 beginning with verse number one, sort of the anthem of the Apostle Paul. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Slap your neighbor and say, don't be conformed. But be ye transformed. Slap your other neighbor and say, you got to be transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to talk to you tonight on this topic, spiritual elevation. Spiritual elevation. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands and our voices one more time before we're seated. Let's ask God to do what he wants to do. Would you let your voice out? You've danced. You've shouted. I want you to let your voice out now with a force and an authority. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
We bind every spirit that's contrary to the work of the Lord. We loose the angels of God in this place to minister according to your will. That the word of God have the impact upon us that you want it to have. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And one more hallelujah. Give three people a high five and a great compliment before you're seated and you can sit down. Scientists have discovered that there is something besides physical matter operating in humanity. There is something that, according to current technological limitations, something that is undiscoverable, something that may remain undiscoverable through the scientific method. There seems to be a reality, a consciousness that exists outside of the physical brain. And yet they have discovered that it works in coordination with the brain. And they call this problem the brain-mind problem. And they do not understand what consciousness is, how consciousness works. There are some functions that happen in humanity that seem to have not originated out of the physical gray matter. And what they are discovering is what the Bible has taught us all along, that we are not just physical beings. We are in a physical body, but the greater part of us is not physical. We are not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said that there are three components to the whole human. There is the spirit, the soul, and the body. At the moment of our creation in Genesis 2 and 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You have dust, you have breath, and you have soul. The body, obviously, is the dust, the flesh. And we are made, unfortunately, we are made from the same stuff every other creature is. If somebody buried you next to a dead cow in about a thousand years, if you were left there without any major protection, they would not be able to distinguish you from the dead cow because we come from the same stuff. I hope that's not a shock to you. We come from the same stuff. And then he says that man became a living soul. The word for soul in the Hebrew is nefesh. Everybody say nefesh. 
Excellent accent. Y'all are Hebrew scholars. The soul is another part of us that we have in common with other creatures. It just got quiet. The soul is something that we have in common with other creatures. I used to have a romantic view of God forming man from the dust of the ground and breathing into his nostrils. God seemed to speak everything else into existence. And then the Bible says, and the Lord God formed. It's an intimate act. It's something that requires action, the hand moving in the dust. But then I read Genesis 2.19, and it said, And out of the Lord out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, Nefesh, that was the name thereof. God made every creature like he made us. I love preaching this. I just love the reactions that I get out of it. It just tickles me. Hallelujah. What is the soul? The soul is the intelligence, the intellect, the emotion. How many of you have a dog? Whoa. My goodness, most everybody has. How many of you have seen your dog display genuine emotion? How many of you think your dog's happy when you come home? How many of you have seen your dog be jealous? Do you realize we just used the word jealous for a dog? How many of you have seen your dog be suspicious? How many have seen your dog, your dog be mad? Want to kill something? How many of you are cat people? Oh, there's a division in the district. Lord have mercy. I felt a spirit of disunity come upon the audience. Hallelujah. How many of you think your cat loves you? You are totally deceived. I'm sorry to tell you. You are totally... If somebody else pet your cat and fed your cat, they would be just as happy. I'm, I'm. But other creatures have soulish qualities. Chimpanzees enjoy scratching each other, and it bonds them together for life because they eat little dead pieces of flesh oh it's going to get better <laughs> off each other's back and they have intelligence the the u.s military in world war ii used dolphins to detect under uh, underwater mines and, and sea lions and they use animals to this day bomb sniffing dogs and the australian shepherd for instance can can recognize and understand up to 2000 words in the the about to say hebrew language the english language how is this possible they have intelligence they have emotion they have intellect they have personality what makes us different is not that we are the only ones with soulish qualities. What makes us different is that God breathed into us the breath of life. When you look at that word breath, it's neshama. Everybody say neshama. 
It's a wind, a vital breath, a divine inspiration. It is spirit. God added something to the human being that does not exist in any other creature. It is spirit. We are literally soul and body that is elevated by spirit. At the moment of our death, Ecclesiastes 12 and 7, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. The only thing leaving this earth and going back to God is spirit and what is aligned with spirit. When we understand spirit goes back to God, flesh goes back to the earth, what is left in the middle is the soul of man, the decision-making part of you, the intellectual part of you, the will part of you, the emotional part of you, the personality part of you. And it is important to note that Paul lists these three parts of man in a descending order. He said your whole spirit, soul, and body. The highest part of us is spirit. The lowest part of us is body. The spirit pulls us up. The body pulls us down. Spirit is God conscious. Flesh or body is world conscious. Soul is self-conscious. How many of you have seen your dog when he sees another dog? Just flip out. Why does that happen? Because he knows he's a dog. And he knows you ain't a dog. And he knows that's another dog. Self-conscious. The focus of God's attention is the soul. The focus of Satan's attention is the soul. Soul contains the part of us where the decisions are going to be made that determine whether we go to heaven or to hell. And Satan accesses the soul through the channel of the body. God accesses the soul through the channel of the spirit. It is important to understand that the body cannot survive without its attachment to the earth. The body came from the earth. It lives off of what the earth provides. If you do not eat, you will die. It's also important to understand that the spirit cannot survive without its attachment to God. It came from God. It lives off of what only God can provide. This is why Satan tempted Jesus while he was on his 40-day fast to feed his body. Why? He wanted to de-elevate his spirit. And Jesus' response to him was, Satan, there is more to me than just flesh. There's more to me than just body. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And the secret here is that the denial of one aspect causes the increase of the other. If you deny the spirit, its attachment to God, the body takes over. Lust takes over. I have seen people that their body had so thoroughly taken over, the animal instincts had so thoroughly taken over that their spirit was no longer an influence on their mind. They acted like animals. They treated other people 
like animals, but I've also seen people that have so thoroughly crucified their flesh that their spirit has been so elevated in God that you wonder, are these people really human? I'm going to kick them in the shin, pinch them accidentally. In the beginning, somehow the spirit of man and the spirit of God were melded together. Adam and Eve were filled with the Spirit. They were the first humans filled with the Holy Ghost. I got one nervous amen. Man, a living. I don't know if I'm... Y'all are just checking me out right now. Who is this whippersnapper? Joe Camel what? They had the Holy Ghost. God breathed into him his breath. That word breath is spirit. God is holy. So God gave them the Holy Spirit. But when they sinned, a disconnection occurred between God and man. And their spirit died. And now everybody that's born after Adam and Eve is born with a dead Spirit. It's something called a conscience, something that is an echo of what used to be alive, an old memory of what used to be a living, vibrant breath of God. But Jesus prophesied when he walked the earth. He looked at his disciples and he said to them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And he said, in other words, the God that breathed into you in the beginning, the breath of life, is about to breathe into you all over again. The breath of life, as it is written, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I'm going to make you come alive just like you were in the beginning. But even after we receive the Holy Ghost, the flesh does not go away. We're still tempted in the flesh. There's a battle between flesh and spirit. Paul put it like this, Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit. Everybody say, walk in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things ye would. What does it mean? They're lusting against each other. They're fighting. The spirit wants to do one thing. The body wants to do another. Paul said, the thing that I would do, I cannot. Why? There's a war that's raging inside of me between the highest part of me and the lowest part of me. And then he names in Galatians 5 all the works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and there's so many more. He said, and such like. The works of the flesh. Every negative thing in this life comes out of your flesh the devil is not our main problem listen we give so much credit to the devil for everything he can do i've heard people say well i tried to go to church i tried to start the car but the devil killed the battery 
I try, it was a worship service. I tried to lift my hands in church, but the devil just weighed down my elbows, couldn't get them up. I tried to dance, but the devil put something in my knee, and I couldn't bend my knee. I tried to, I tried to lift my voice, but the devil made my throat sore. I, I tried to stand up, but the devil superglued my hiney to the seat. And the devil's going, he's got a list out. He's going, oh, that's, in, what did I do? That's amazing. Wow, that's just awesome. The devil is not that powerful. As a matter of fact, the human spirit without the Holy Ghost is more powerful than the devil. That's how God made us. The demoniac of Gadara when he met Jesus, was possessed with legions, thousands, at least 6,000 devils were inside of his body. But when he saw Jesus, something inside of his will, something inside of his soul said, I am going to worship him. And 6,000 devils couldn't stop him from bowing at the feet of Jesus and worshiping the Messiah. Don't tell me the devil is making you do anything. It's this old man. It's the flesh. And the devil has created so many things to entice the flesh. That's how he accesses the souls. God will never access your soul through the channel of your flesh. The flesh has got to die. How many of you would be honest and say that every time you pray, it's not easy? Oh, man, somebody give me a strong amen. Amen. Matter of fact, today, it's not easy. Why? Because the flesh is strong. Flesh doesn't want to pray. How do you crucify the flesh? Do what it doesn't want to do. How many of you would be honest and say, foregoing a meal or two or a day or three or whatever in fasting is not easy? There's some of you that are not giving me any response. Now, either you're super spiritual or you've never done it. When I fast, I can smell things that were cooked like three days ago. <laughs> Does anybody else, when you fast, like in your mind, you come up with elaborate recipes that you will cook when you get off this fat? Rave a hand at me. I feel a wind of the spirit right now. I cannot tell you how many times I fasted. And I'm like, I've never, I've never done it in my life. I think I'm going to make chicken chop suey. I don't know why, it's just appealing to me. Chicken chop suey. I... And then when I get off the fast, I'm like stuffing my face with hamburgers and french fries and just anything I can get in my mouth and then having, you know, bowel problems for a month. Are we allowed to say bowel problems in the microphone? Okay. I'm just checking here. I'm not sure what, what Arizona is all about yet. But it's hard to do these things. Why? The flesh is saying, no! Keep your attachment to the earth! But when spirit rules soul, flesh dies. When flesh rules soul, spirit dies. It's hard to worship when flesh is in charge. Oh, it's hard to connect. 
when flesh is in charge. I'm so proud of you. I don't even know you. Y'all don't know me from Adam. I don't know you, but I'm already proud of you because, listen, y'all are ahead of the game. Some of y'all been praying. I can tell you've been praying. I can tell some of you have been fasting. I can feel it in the Holy Ghost. You're, when the buttons push, you're right there. You're ready. That does not happen naturally. That is a denial of the flesh, and the devil will create so many things to keep this flesh strong. He's, he's trying to, if there's any channel that's open, he will, he'll use your phone. He'll use social media. He'll use movies. He'll use television. He'll use whatever he can. Sports. He'll use whatever he can to keep that flesh attached to the earth. But God is saying to his church, hey, there's another dimension besides walking in the flesh. You can be elevated in the spirit. You can live in a realm of peace and joy, free from insecurity, free from insecurity, free from fear, free from negativity, free from doubt. It's called walking in the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift your hands and let your voice out for a moment. If you want it, just, just let your voice out. Pray in the Spirit for a moment. Hey. Hey. You may be seated. I, when I was a young man, these preachers would come to our church and talk about these stories, these experiences that they had with God. And man, it would blow my mind. I, I was so hungry for it. They would come and talk about how angels appeared to them and how they had visions and dreams and dead people being raised and deaf ears being opened and blinded eyes. And I'm, I'm just a teenager and I'm just drooling. <sighs> How? How do you get that? Is it only for a few freaks at the front? Or can anybody access that stuff? And, and I remember I got so sick of hearing about it. My pastor would say these things about, about these visions. He had a vision when he was on a three-day fast. He just started pastoring. He was in a tiny little church, and all of a sudden the back doors opened, and people, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, folks. He thought it was totally real. People started flooding into the building, and when that building filled up, bam, he was in another building, and people kept flooding in, and their faces were shining and bright, and the whole church filled up, and then when that happened, bam, he was in a bigger building, and people kept flooding in the door and they were praising God and they begin to pick up instruments and orchestras begin to play and on and on and on and then he was back by himself in the carpet on his three-day fast like my God I've never had anything like that in my life and I got sick of hearing about other people's Jesus stories I got godly jealous that's nice, but I want my own. I begin to pray, begin to seek God. I remember doing a three-day fast, and if you're not used to fasting, um, three-day fast is a good place to, to, to start if you really want to just push yourself overboard. A three-day fast destroys the power of the flesh. Okay, And it also resets your immune system. All your weak white blood cells die. And your body produces all new, powerful white blood cells. 
to fight off disease. You literally get reset in your body. And, and, but if you've never done it, you're going to think you're dying. Your tongue's going to stink real bad. Breath is going to probably need to wear a gas mask for others not to smell you and need to take lots of showers because your body will detox and you might get headaches and dizzy and it's just, you feel like you're dying and, oh God, I give my life for you. <laughs> you're not starving. Your body is detoxing. All the little fat cells, whether you're skinny or not, you have fat cells, and they're filled with toxins from the American diet. And when you begin to starve yourself, all the energy that went into digestion begins to go into detoxing those fat cells. And all those toxins are released into your body. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I guess just for somebody's hungry out there to know these things about immune systems and fat cells. So, did a three-day fast. Couldn't feel God. Tried to pray. Was trying to pray hours a day. Hard to pray, hard to push, didn't have energy in my body to push, and just weak and weary, and, and I felt like a failure. Felt like God was not honoring the fast at all. Anybody ever felt like that when you were fasting? Like, man, I totally missed it. I don't know where God's at, but he ain't here right now. I can tell you that. And, and at the end of the fast, I read in the book of Psalms where David arose up on his bed at midnight and praised the Lord loudly on his bed. So I'm thinking, man, what a grand finale to the three-day fast. I'm going to get up at 12 a.m. and just praise God aloud on my bed. So I set my alarm for 12 a.m. And when I got up at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> after subconsciously pushing snooze for 18 times, got up at 2.30 in the morning, and, and I didn't have the energy I thought I would have. It was pretty gross. It was pretty pretty sad and and i was weak and weary and i just kind of sat up on my bed i was like oh god praise you lord just like david and i think i did it for about a minute and I said, unto the Lord, I give the fast to God. I always say that at the end of the fast. I give this fast to you, every part of it. And I laid myself down. Now, this is going to get a little weird for some of y'all, but some of y'all may relate. And if you don't believe me, I'm leaving Friday, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> laid my head down on the pillow. And when my head hit the pillow, my body shot up straight into outer space. And I could feel... I could feel the gravity, like a space shuttle ride. Went out of the atmosphere into the heavens. I looked around and I saw the galaxies and I saw these fiery pillars all around me with faces in them. And the glory of God just struck me like a lightning bolt. It lasted for like five seconds and I was back in my bed instantly. And I wasn't drowsy anymore. I sat up in bed, and the only thing I could think to say to Jesus was I was shaking, trembling, scared out of my brain, felt like hot oil was all over my body. And I said, Jesus, you really know how to wake somebody up. <laughs> and so I had this experience, pretty profound, mind-altering experience, and so... 
I was taught that if you have things like that, you need to go to your pastor because he'll tell you if it's real or you're a wacko. (laughs) And so I was riding with Brother Varnum in the car and I was working up the courage. I was kind of bashful and and he was so powerful and so mighty and my, my hero and I was working up the courage to tell him and finally on the way home, I said, Brother Varnum, I, ha- I, have a- I just have to tell you something. I had this experience. I got to tell you. It's like, okay, tell me about it. So, so I did a three-day fast. I read in the book of Psalms where David got up at midnight, praised the Lord a lot on his bed. I got up. I overslept a little bit. I'm sorry about that. But anyway, um, when, I, when I praised the Lord, I laid myself down, and I told him what happened. And Brother Varnum leaned on this door. I'll never forget it. He leaned on that door and just looked at me. He said, you're kidding me right now. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a complete wacko. <laughs> I've lost my brain. He said, you're kidding me. I'm like, no, sir, I promise. Now, I don't know what it means, but it happened. He's like, you're, you're joking with me right now. You're pulling my leg. I said, Brother Varnum, I promise I'm not. He said, when I was 16 years old, I did a three-day fast. And when I laid my head on the pillow, the exact same thing happened after a prayer meeting. He said, God did the exact same thing to me. And he told me these words. He said, God gave you the same experience that he gave to me. And my mind went, this is not just for a select few. Jesus wants to blow your mind. We, we put God on such a tiny level. If we feel some goosebumps, we're happy. And we say we've had good church. Or, or if we dance a little bit, we're happy. And that's all good and that's all wonderful. But folks, there is a place you can go in God where if you're willing to rise, He's going to blow your ever-loving mind. You're not going to know what to say. What happened to Peter, James, and John? He told everybody else, you guys stay down, but I want to take, we're going to elevate here, and it's going to be kind of contrary to the flesh. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God just, God just strengthened me to preach right now. He, he left everybody else in the valley, but he said, Peter, James, and John, let's go up the mountain together. What is that? That's elevation, and it's contrary to the flesh. I promise you they probably sweat in that Middle Eastern desert climbing up the mountain. They might have stubbed their toe. They might have got their knee. And they were thinking, what are we doing climbing up the mountain? Why, why, do, why are we putting forth this effort? And why is he taking us? And Jesus never said, hey, you're going to see a version of me you've never seen in your life. But when they got to the top of the mountain, the Bible says that Jesus was transfigured before them. His raiment became white as snow, so white that no fooler can white it. This light was shining out of him. The old dusty clothes that Jesus was wearing just a few moments ago were gone. And Peter, James, and John are like, ah! And Peter's like, oh, Lord, we need to build three tabernacles, one for you and one for Elijah and one for Moses. He's like, blah, 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 blah know what to say and Jesus God speaks out of heaven hey this is my son hear him and Jesus is back to normal all of a sudden okay boys y'all ready to go back down the mountain eat some breakfast (laughs) and he said make sure nobody knows about it 
You know what that tells me? Those three guys got to see a version of Jesus that nobody else in the New Testament ever saw. Why? Because they were willing to climb the mountain. They were willing to put forth the effort to say, hey, you can stay down there if you want to, but I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to raise the bar. You can stay in the valley. Lord, take me up a little bit higher. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some focus. It doesn't come easy. You're going to have to make up in your mind, this is what I want more than anything. I want to see him. I want to know him. I want to be elevated in my I'm sick of the same old, same old. I've spoken in tongues before. I've felt goosebumps before. I've, I've danced before. Is there anything else, Lord? Is there any other dimension you can call? Is there any other door that I can walk through that I can see you in a way I've never seen you before? Hear your voice more clearly than I've ever walk hand in hand with you. Know you in your glory. Know you in your power. I want to know you for myself. I'm sick of living off of other people's stories. Lift your hands right now. Let your voice out. If you want it, tell the Lord right now. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yeah, just reach just a little bit more. I'm almost done. Just reach just a little bit more. Come on, press past the surface. Press a little bit past the surface. You may be seated. Do it again. Just do it while you're seated. Let your voice out right now while you're seated. Hallelujah. 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 I, I always wanted to be drunk in the Holy Ghost. I never got drunk in the Holy Ghost until I was, I believe, 22 years old. <clears throat> How many of you have been drunk in the Holy Ghost? Lift your hand way up if you've been drunk in the Holy Ghost. Just get as high as you can up there. It's still bending. Get it up. Okay. Yeah, we need a good baptism of drunkenness on this place. Hallelujah. Oh, that's coming. And... <clears throat> This is how Jesus works. I think this will be the last thing I say, and then y'all can do what you want. This is how Jesus works. He'll walk with you, and you'll keep walking forward, and you'll keep walking forward, and things will get a little bit more uncomfortable, and a little bit more uncomfortable, and a little bit more uncomfortable, and he'll just keep walking. 
And you will reach a place where you're like, um, Lord, <laughs> do I have to go there? That's, that's out of the boat. That's, that's a place I've never been before. And Jesus will say, yeah, come on. And if you do not keep walking, his presence will leave you. I felt this happening because he was calling me into deeper things, calling me into more prayer, calling me into crazy, fanatical worship, outrageous, outrageous fanatical worship. And, and I, was, I did the, like the cool worship because I was self-conscious. I was in my soul. We, I cannot tell you how many services, how many churches never break free from the soulish realm of emotion intellect and self-consciousness well i got one come on if you're worried about what other people think about you you have not gotten in the spirit yet that's the soulish realm you are self-conscious and god wants to elevate you to God conscious. You can get to a place where you're more God conscious than you are self conscious or people conscious. And when that happens, it's on, baby. It's a whole new ball game. You may be seated. And he was trying to deliver me from self consciousness. I was so worried about what people thought about me. I lived in my head. It took me. A long time to get the Holy Ghost. I was that chronic seeker that wore out every evangelist that came to our church, including Billy Cole. Billy Cole couldn't even pray me through, folks. Does anybody here know who Billy Cole is? He could pray a donkey through to the Holy Ghost. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, drunk. So, God was trying to loose me from self-consciousness. And I, I began to watch my friends would get drunk. I mean, plastered. The blessing of God and power would come upon them. And I'm just like, I'm still over here like, oh, that looks so cool. Praise the Lord. Oh, what are they doing? <laughs> Crying, laughing all at the same time. Kicking people you don't like accidentally. <laughs> I'm running on like fumes right now. I don't even know what I'm saying, okay? So I take no responsibility for anything I say tonight at all. And in one particular service, now I had been praying and I had been fasting. I'm talking for hours every day. Hours and hours every day seeking God. God, take me to a new level of relationship. And God said, okay, come on. I was like, no, 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 that's uncomfortable, but, but God, take me to a new level of relationship. Okay, come on. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Not, not that. I, I want a new level of relationship. Shut up and come. And he left me. Church became boring. <laughs> Preaching became monotonous. Temptation became powerful. 
My flesh became strong. Why? I began to deny spirit. And I started getting frustrated because I would pray and I knew something was hindering me. Y'all ever hit the wall? You're praying, you're hitting the wall. What is this thing in front of me? What am I hitting? And I would pray, I'm like, God, please send my pastor to lay hands on me and prophesy over me. God, I need it. And in this particular service, I was begging God. I was hoping for somebody to come give me a word. A word. Thanks for laughing, girl. I appreciate that. She's pretty much laughed at every one of my jokes. You and I are friends. You know that? We're buds. And the Lord spoke to me, plain as day, praise ye the Lord in the dance. And when he said that, this kind of quick flash vision popped in my head of a man by the name of Steve Willoughby, who when he danced, he would take his hanky, having a struggle here. And he would, I don't care if people were dead and twice plucked up by the roots or if they were singing an old hymn, he was going berserker. I mean, he was, he would just dance like a freak. He could care less about it. And I saw this in my head. And I was like, that ain't God. Please send my pastor. Let him lay hands on me and give me a word. Praise you, the Lord, in the dance. And here's the problem. It was not a crazy service. It was like a medium service. It wasn't like an all-out, like we were just doing over here. By the way, you guys rock. This, this music department rocks. They are anointed. They are anointed. I felt the Holy Ghost. <laughs> And, and, and it wasn't like that. You know, there's like the, there's like the dance service. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it's the, it's the time to dance. My dance will crush Satan under my feet. Ah, deep. You can dance to that. You understand what I'm saying? You can just go. It wasn't like that. It was more of a groove thing, like, rejoice in the Lord always and again. And if In the law. And he gave me this vision of going ballistic. And he kept telling me, praise you, the Lord, in the dance. And when I saw it, I could see myself loosed. And so finally, I just got sick of it all. I'm like, okay, I've been praying and fasting. I ain't getting nowhere, and I know he's asking me, okay, here we go. I'm doing it tonight. I'm going I'm to give it everything I've got. I could care less. If I make a fool of myself, I'm going at it. I'm done. I'm done. So it seemed like the right thing to do to take my jacket off. <laughs> Took my jacket off. Took my tie off. Took my shoes off. Took my pants. No, I left my pants on. That's what I mean. I left my pants on. Yes. I, memories are fuzzy. I told you I had a little bit of sleep. No, I left my pants on. Yes. 
There was a guy sleeping, and he's awake now, so we got him. <laughs> and I grabbed my hanky with no shoes, no jacket, shirt and pants, and belt. No, I mean, I had those on, is what I'm saying. I, I was wearing those. And I started dancing up and down the left aisle of the church. And the music was going, I praise you in the dance. I praise you, the Lord, in the dance. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and it was just like that. And the thing that stood out to me the most was that I felt absolutely nothing. Except for this burning sensation that began to grow. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're a slob and totally out of shape, and under your rib, it's like, it's like there's a knife jutting out. It's like, ugh. <laughs> and then my pulse went to an unhealthy zone, like, you know, 190 beats per minute, and I could feel my neck going. <laughs> and I'm soaking wet sweat. And, and people are kind of looking at me because nobody else is doing it. And, it, and everybody else is just kind of clapping and moseying around the altar. And I'm just, I will praise ye the Lord in the dance. And something came over me. And, and, and I don't know how to explain it except this, this kind of fanatical, almost angry mindset that said, I could care less what anybody thinks about me right now. I'm going to be free. I, did, I danced, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 minutes. I can't remember, but it was long enough to where I thought I was going to die. And I didn't have any breath left, and the service was actually ending. They started announcements, and I'm still boom, 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 boom. And, and when they started the announcements, I'm out of breath. And I go to the front row where the guys are sitting, and I plop down on the pew. And the announcer's saying, Thursday night prayer meeting, Friday night Bible study, Saturday outreach. And everybody's, you know, zoned out where we're going to eat afterwards, basically, and talking. And I remember looking up to God, soaking wet. And I said, God, I was so disappointed. I was in despair because I didn't feel like anything happened. didn't feel like anything happened. I looked up to God and I said, I have given you everything I got tonight. I got nothing left. When I said those words, folks, the glory just said. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it to you. Y'all know, those of you that have had that happen, you know what I'm talking about. It hit me so hard. There was no warming up to it. There was no gaining momentum. I went from zero to screaming bloody murder during the announcements. <laughs> like a girl. And I fell out of my pew and began to roll on the floor in the Holy Ghost laughing hysterically and crying and speaking in tongues in a weird falsetto voice. 
I don't know why it happened. There was so much pressure coming out of my stomach. It's like it changed my voice from a good manly voice to where I, it was all cracking and I couldn't control it anymore. And there was a part of my brain that was saying, who is making that girly noise? <laughs> and, and it's, oh, it's you. It's you making that girly noise. But I didn't care. The Holy Ghost was on me. And I looked at the pew of guys, and they were on the floor rolling and drunk in the Holy Ghost. And I glanced over at the pew of girls, several rows back of guys and girls. They were out of their pews, and they were dancing and shouting, and the Holy Ghost had hit them, and it filled the entire sanctuary. And we had church all over again. What happened? God said, Joey, if you'll come... Follow me, even when it's uncomfortable. I will rescue you out of the soulless realm. I will take you to a place where it no longer matters what you look like, what you sound like, what you're going to act like when I take over. It won't matter what anybody thinks about you. It won't matter what anybody says. You're going to be all mine. I'm going to take over everything, everything. Hey! Some of you want what I'm talking about, and the Holy Ghost just came on you and begin to push you to do something you've never done, and you stifled it because you begin to think, is this okay? Is this all right? I release you. I release you in the name of Jesus uh, to do whatever you feel. I set you free to praise ye the Lord. I release your mouth. I release your body. I release your voice. You ought to let it go. You ought to let it go. Get out of your flesh. I want you to grab the person next to you right now, grab them by the hand, and I want you to loose them in the spirit right now. We're not going to have this week of building up. There's going to be a door open tonight that we're going to walk through. We're going to be in a different dimension. We're going to be on a different level. God's going to take us to a place we've never been before. Be free! Be free! 